This is the Public News Service Daily Newscast, March 10th, 2022. I'm Gina Tempesta. Electric cars are gaining in popularity and a movement's afoot to push New York's Governor Kathy Hochul to use her new state budget to help move buildings off fossil fuels as well. More on the effort. Hochul's budget includes $250 million for electrifying homes as part of a plan to get 2 million homes in the state electrified or electric ready by 2030. During a Wednesday news conference hosted by the Renewable Heat Now campaign, Lonnie Portis of Harlem-based group We Act for Environmental Justice said, it's about addressing indoor air pollution that can lead to negative health outcomes for communities of color. There's an opportunity to ensure that neighborhoods that are hit first and worst with air pollution and climate change see development that are all electric. And building electric also enables New York to meet its climate targets in a way that ensures everyone has a safe, warm, healthy home. New York leads the nation in premature deaths resulting from air pollution caused by burning fossil fuels in buildings for heating, hot water, and cooking. The campaign is asking for $1 billion in the budget to fund all-electric or electric-ready affordable housing. I'm Emily Scott. A court battle over redistricting could require Virginia's House of Delegates to run for office for a third year in a row if last year's results are found to be invalid. More on the story. The suit, brought by the state's former Democratic Party chairman, Paul Goldman, argues last November's elections were invalid, as they were conducted based on district lines that didn't take into account results from the decennial census. In oral arguments this week, Virginia Solicitor General Andrew Ferguson argued Goldman doesn't have the right to bring the case, as he wasn't personally impacted when the state held elections under the old lines. To establish an injury in fact in a vote dilution case, The plaintiff must show an injury to his individual right to vote. Goldman is asking the court to place a one-year term cap on all 100 delegates, which would compel them to seek re-election under the new district lines approved in December by the state Supreme Court. He'll need the judges to rule that he has standing to bring the case before they begin to weigh the merits of his argument. This is Jonah Chester reporting. More on redistricting woes. Nebraska's new maps have come under scrutiny after analysis by two mathematics professors found statehouse Republicans work to ensure rural areas maintain seats that could have gone to urban areas that saw the greatest population growth according to the 2020 census. The majority of Nebraska's communities of color live in urban areas. And the way that that was accomplished was by spreading out those rural districts and putting fewer voters in those districts and then packing as many urban voters together as they could get away with. Gavin Geis with Common Cause Nebraska says his group and others will continue efforts to create an independent commission to draw the once-a-decade maps after the next census. This is PNS. One in nine women with HIV don't know it. Today is National Women and Girls HIV AIDS Awareness Day, and faith leaders in North Carolina are working to reduce the stigma around prevention and testing, especially in communities of color. Here's the story. According to 2018 data from the CDC, black women make up 58% of diagnoses of HIV infection among women. Associate Director for Partners in Health and Wholeness at the North Carolina Council of Churches, Elizabeth Brewington, says faith groups can help communities talk about the issue and provide resources for individuals to take steps toward prevention and treatment. We have seen from recent data that the majority of new HIV cases have been in the South, and we know that that churches really 
kind of a place to talk about a lot of different issues. She adds the pandemic has further reduced opportunities to get tested and raise awareness. One study published in The Lancet found HIV testing dropped by 68 to 97 percent during each state's stay-at-home order period in early 2020. The pandemic also saw a devastating drop in enrollment at community colleges across the country. Two colleges in Oregon are exploring how to bring students back to campus. Eric Tegetoff explains. Mount Hood Community College has received a $30,000 grant from the Center on Education and Labor at New America to explore why adult students have left school. John Hamlin with the college says when the pandemic hit, many had no choice but to go back to work. He says the biggest issues for this population, even before the pandemic, were time and money. The cost of college is significant, and if they do need to work, having the time to go to school um, and being able to just leave their job and come to school is just not always an option available for students. Hamlin says Mount Hood has identified a pot of funding it can use to help students with small financial barriers so they can stay enrolled or re-enroll. College students also report a significant increase in mental health challenges. One in 10 report they seriously considered suicide in the past 12 months. A South Dakota nonprofit called Lost and Found has a new tool to help schools evaluate their mental health resources. Mike Moen reports. It now offers a campus resilience index where a scorecard lays out prevention capacity for participating schools. Executive Director Eric Muckey says this tool allows administrators to see where they might have strengths as well as gaps. What successful results could look like from this index is certainly more counselors, but the other side of this is also really focused on training. How many students are trained to provide peer support? Muckey says they're preparing recommendations for one school right now and hope to soon evaluate as many as eight other campuses in South Dakota and Minnesota. State health officials say the age group with the highest suicide rate is 20 to 29. This is Gina Tempesta for Public News Service. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.